Blog Talk Radio. All right, folks, it's about that time. Let's take us one of these red song books and let's stand together. Turn to 79 with me and let's sing at the cross at the cross. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received by sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for Christ that I have done? He rolled upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown and love beyond decree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Well, my son in darkness hide has shut his glory in. When Christ the mighty maker died for man, the creature sin. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. But drops of grief can never repay the debt of love I owe. Dear Lord, I give myself away, it's all that I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Amen. It's good to be here this morning. Amen. Uh, We had a good couple, two or three days out of town. Uh, thank God for that. It was good to just get away and rest for a little bit, spend some time with my wife. We celebrated our our tenth wedding anniversary, we, which we had already back on the ninth of April. But first chance we got to get away, and we appreciate God allowing us that time together. And but it's good to be back, Amen. And uh, look forward to this morning. Look forward to next Sunday, by the way, which is Mother's Day, and uh, we'll be eating after service next Sunday. We're going to do hot dogs and hamburgers, and uh, I'm cooking, am I? Or somebody's cooking. Who's cooking? <laughs> He's cooking. I bought the meat. You cook it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess you're cooking. 
But anyway, we look forward to doing that next Sunday. We're going to honor our moms and uh, and be here for that for sure. Amen. we got prayer requests this morning. Uh, we're going to, yes. All right. What time, Tuesday? Tuesday morning? Okay. All right. Please be in prayer for my aunt, uh, that God gives her grace to get through that. Um, let's pray for Grant. Pray for Grant's healing. Um, pray for a friend of mine, Dale Parks. I ask for healing for him. Um, and by the way, I just want to throw this in, but we got a birthday today. Now, it's not anybody here. But this Bible was born, this King James Bible was born on May the 2nd, 1611. So today this Bible is, is, is 410 years old. Amen. So happy birthday to the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. All right. Any prayer? Yes. All right. Praise God. Be praying for you. Yes, Miss Charlotte. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Anything else? Bubba spoke that this surgery on the 12th. But he's got a lot of procedures going on between that Okay. He's going to go take his screws and everything out of the leg. All the other stuff is boxed up. And then he's going to have to stop him for 12 weeks. He won't be still. We'll pray for him. Y'all please remember to pray for my brother. And uh, also, uh, she mentioned, asked me about Brother Wally Langford a while ago. Y'all please remember to pray for Brother Wally. Uh, he's still struggling, going through some hardships in life. Um, anybody else before we go to the Lord in prayer? Yes. No. I appreciate all the prayers. Um, but uh, my, my primary care physician, Doctor in Shreveport, which did a little very, very non-invasive surgery. To get to the tumor and inject whatever they inject with radiation, inject directly. Mm-hmm. They've had, he's had very good success with it. Many of the times it's been killing the cancer. Right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If that's what, if that's the same thing my dad did, and they did that, his tumor, and it, it, that tumor just died. So we pray. We did. When was his birthday? Well, let's just sing. We ain't got to have no music. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Grant. Happy birthday to you. Amen. God bless you, brother. Many more. Amen. That's what we're praying for. Amen. Anything else before we kiss? All right. Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us today. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. 
Turn to number 52. Number 52. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Sing, O earth, His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor, give you His holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard His children. In His arms, He carries them all day long. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. For our sins He suffered and bled and died. He, our rock, our hope of eternal salvation. Hail Him, hail Him, Jesus the crucified. Sound His praises, Jesus who bore our sorrows. Love unbounded, wonderful, deep and strong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Heavenly portals, glad with hosanna free. Jesus, Savior, reign us forever and ever. Crown Him, crown Him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious. Power and glory unto the Lord belong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Amen. He deserves all the praise and the glory for all He's done. Amen. 376. 376. Let me just a second to get there. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the blood that makes me white as snow. No other cloud I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the blood that makes me white as snow. No other cloud I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
and all his acquaintance and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off beholding these things. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Oh, my Lord, I come before you this morning. Father, I ask for power this morning. Lord, I ask it because I know that nothing that I could do or say could possibly convey the truth that I want to convey this morning. I could never magnify Jesus the way I want to without the power of your Holy Ghost. And I plead with you, Lord, this morning for that power, for that unction, for the for your hand to be upon this preacher this morning. Lord, not because I deserve it, not because I've earned it, Lord, but because these people need it today. I need it today. Lord, I plead with you because you're a merciful and a gracious God and you want your word preached more than I want to preach it. So I plead with you for power. Lord, I pray for power on each one who hears. Lord, we can't receive from you unless you... Give us the power and the ability to receive it. So, Father, we submit ourselves to you as best we know how. We turn ourselves over to you the best we know how. And we ask you, Lord, to work in us as only you know how. We pray, Lord, your will be done. I pray, Father, you guide my lips, you guide my thoughts. Lord, I pray you do a work in hearts today. I pray, Lord, that distractions be removed. I pray, Lord, that, that anything that would hinder be held back. Lord, give our minds complete attention to the Word of God today. Father, we'll thank you now ahead of time for what you'll do by your Spirit in this congregation and abroad throughout this, this world as this message goes out over the airwaves. And we'll be careful to give you praise and glory, Lord, because it's only you who are able to do these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And may the Lord forgive us and cleanse us all and make us vessels fit for honor. Luke 23, and verse 46 being our text verse this morning. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Turning our attention there this morning, I... I want to speak on the last words of our dying Savior. The very last words that he spoke before his resurrection. Now we know that while he was on the cross, he spoke seven times. Three of those utterances, if maybe you never thought about it, I never really thought about it until last night, but Three of those utterances that he spoke were made to man. Three of those utterances that he spoke were made to God. One of those utterances was made to men, to God, to all the angels, and all the devils. To men, he said, surely... This day shalt thou be with me in paradise. He looked to his mother and he said, Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. And as we saw two weeks ago, he said, I thirst. To God he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 
And then our utterance this morning, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. But to God, to men, to angels and devils, he said, it is finished. Amen? To God, he said, Father, it is finished. To men, he said, it is finished. To the angels in heaven, it is finished. And to every devil who wished him harm, he said, it is finished. Praise God for that. But today we deal with the seventh utterance. And if you're a student of the Bible, you know this already, that seven is the number of perfection. God's number of perfection, or God's number of completion. In creation, God took six days, and he created everything that is and was. Amen? He's created everything in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. Very similarly, six of these utterances on the cross complete the work of our salvation on Calvary. When Jesus uttered that last phrase I just referenced, it is finished, he didn't mean it's almost finished. It's pretty well finished. No, he said it is finished. And at that moment, our salvation was complete. And with that, he uttered the seventh and he enters into rest. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. These are the last words that he spoke on this earth before he died. I've got a book at home, actually. It's called The Last Words of Dying Men. And it, it goes all over the spectrum, but last words of dying men are, are always interesting, but it's especially true of Jesus. Several lessons stand out to us in the last words of, of the dying Savior that we can take from it today. And Number one, I want you to see here that there is a blessed communion restored. A blessed communion restored. For 33 years, Jesus had lived on this earth without one single sin. Without one. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He never sinned. Not one single time did Jesus sin. And in the midst of that, his enemies hounded him constantly, trying to trick him, trying to get him to sin, trying to lead him into sin. On one occasion, Jesus turned to them and asked them in John 8, 46, he says, which of you convinceth me of sin? In other words, which one of you can point out to me where I have sinned? He said, and if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? You can't find anything against me is what he was saying. Pilate, after his investigation of Jesus, what did he say? You remember? He said, I find no fault in him. His wife awoke from her dream that morning. The Bible says when he was set down, that being Pilate on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man. 
for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. One thief on the cross said to the other in Luke 23, 41, And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. He was the perfect, sinless, spotless Son of God. And because of that, throughout his earthly life, he had never one moment been out of fellowship with his Father. Now you think about it. In the beginning on the cross, he's nailed to the cross. He's raised up there. The cross beam is placed on the upright beam. And, and what does he say? Father, into thy hand. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm sorry. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So he addresses him as father in the beginning on the cross. But when you see him address the father the second time, he's no longer saying, Father, he says, My God. He was suffering there the judgment of God. God had turned his back on the Son. Why? Because the Son had become sin for us. And God could not look upon sin. So God turned his back on Jesus. The lights went out in the universe. Amen? It's actually, it's actually the opposite of what man experiences, what Jesus experienced there. Because, you see, he was suffering the judgment of God, paying for sin. Man, when man suffers the judgment of God, paying for sin, man dies first, and then he goes and suffers judgment. But when Jesus died and paid the price, Jesus suffered first, and then he died. For the first six hours, I'm sorry, for six hours, Jesus hung there suffering on the cross. For the first six, I'm sorry, for the first three, for the first three hours that he hung on the cross, he suffered at the hands of men and of devils. I mean, that was the suffering that was on him. He had not yet had the judgment of God upon him, but he was suffering the worst that man could do and the worst the devil could throw at him. He did all that, but you see, in the last three, it wasn't man or the devil that was after, it was was judging him and, and, and or, or rather uh, putting the punishment upon him. The last three hours, he suffered at the hand of God Himself because he was paying our sin debt. As I as I mentioned last week in Isaiah fifty three ten, the Bible said, "Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him; He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt." Make his soul an offering for sin. For three hours there was darkness over all the earth as God turned his back on Jesus who'd taken our place. He was suffering then at the hands of God Almighty. Now he cries with a loud voice, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Notice he cried with a loud voice. He cried with a loud voice so that everyone out there could hear him say, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Why was it so important that they heard that? I'll tell you why it was important. So that every single enemy that he had around the cross, 
when they heard him at first say, my uh, father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And then they heard him say, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? He cried aloud when he said the last statement so they could hear that he was back in fellowship with the father. Amen. He was back in fellowship. The suffering was over. The suffering for his soul was over. And he once again addressed him as father. They'd heard him cry in his anguish. But now, it's a different cry. Before Jesus died and entered heaven, he wanted that dirty mob to know that there was not any, any more separation between him and God, that he was now back in perfect fellowship. You know what that tells me? That tells me that regardless of whatever state we're in, regardless of what location, regardless of the circumstances, you and I can praise God regardless of what we may be going through. Whether we're here in the congregation of this church with our brothers and sisters in Christ or we're out in the dirty, filthy world among the vile and the perverted, we can still praise God no matter what circumstances we're in. Whether I am well, happy, preaching, free, or I'm sick, heartbroken, out of the ministry, locked up in prison, tortured or soon to be martyred, I can still praise God regardless of the circumstances. Matter of fact, many of the men in Fox's Book of Martyrs echoed Jesus' words as they went to their martyrdom. Polycarp, Augustine, John Huss are three right there who uttered Jesus' words, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit as they were either going to the flames or or, or whatever means of execution. Come what may, I don't have to be out of communion with the Father. Nothing has to take me out of it. No outward circumstances need change the fellowship that I have with God. There's nothing that should hinder me. There's no place so dark where I cannot find God. There's no pain so great wherein I cannot find God. We can, like the Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, find communion with God. I mean, it didn't look good for them, did it? When Nebuchadnezzar told them, hey, you heat the furnace seven times hotter than it normally is, and you cast them in. They still found communion with God. Amen? Hey, that was pre-incarnate Jesus walking in the flames with them. We can, like Daniel, find communion with God when the sentence has been passed and it looks like it's going to be your life. Daniel said, I'm just going to praise God anyhow. I'm going to fellowship with my God, come what may, and he just nuzzled up to a furry lion and went to sleep, I think. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I just kind of get that picture in my mind. that Them, them lions was just like teddy bears and Phyllis to him in there. We can do like Paul and Silas in a prison cell trying to get their backs to stop bleeding and aching pain, hurting in every joint. And yet they just started singing. Just started praising God and ringing those rafters and God started patting his foot along with them and the ground started shaking and, and the chains started rattling and the doors come open. Even in the middle of a dungy, dingy dungeon, fellowship with God can be found. And we can, like Jesus, on the cross. 
in the midst of immense suffering, in the hour of our death, find communion with God. We see not only, number one, a blessed communion restored, but number two, I also see a divine command to death. Divine command to death. Everybody here in this room and everybody listening to me over the airwaves, we are all the servants of death. And everybody in this room, everybody listening to me has an appointment that we cannot break. It doesn't make no difference how much money we have, how much knowledge we have, how good we look. It doesn't make any difference. Nobody can avoid that appointment when death calls. But I want you to look at the contrast between Jesus and us. Here, Jesus' death, death's master. It's not the master over him. Oh, it may be the master over us. It may have control over us, but not with our Lord. He didn't yield to death and weakness. He commanded death. You come and serve me. Amen? Listen to it. Hey, listen. Notice the Scripture does not say that Jesus died. It says that he gave up the ghost. He yielded up his spirit. He gave it up. Contrast that with Stephen in Acts 7, 59, where they were stoning Stephen to death. But I was in they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. It's as if Stephen was saying, Here I come, Lord, catch me. <laughs> Amen. I'm coming. Amen. Catch me, Lord. But Jesus is saying, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. It means I'm, I'm placing or I'm depositing my spirit into your hands. I mentioned Augustine earlier, but he said this. He said, he gave up his life because he willed it. He gave up his life when he willed it. And he gave up his life as he willed it. In John 10, 18, Jesus said, No man taketh it from me but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Again, nobody took it from him. He wasn't killed. He didn't die. He laid his life down. Death was his servant. Interesting to notice how he died. Again, our scripture, when Jesus cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. A parallel reading can be found in John 19.30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now, I say it's interesting here. Being a pastor, I've been at the bedside of dying people. I was at my father's bedside. I've been at many church members' bedsides. Not a single one bowed their head and died. There's an involuntary action that takes place to raise the head. I saw my dad do it. He he raised his head and got one last breath. There's that involuntary action to try to get one more breath of life-giving air. And it happens in, in almost every person. But no one bows their head and died, but Jesus did. 
he bowed his head. He wasn't weak when he died. I believe he was just as strong as he'd ever been. But he was giving his life for mine and yours. We sang that song earlier. I gave my life for thee, my precious blood I shed, that thou might ransomed be and quickened from the dead. At that very moment when he yielded his spirit and he gave up the ghosts, in the temple there were 24 courts of priests who were receiving Passover lambs and offer them as a sacrifice at that time. At that moment, that altar was soaked with blood from those little little Passover lambs that were being brought. And for centuries, they had been spilling the blood of those little lambs over and over, year after year, and it was never enough. While those priests were receiving those lambs and spilling the blood on that altar outside the city, unbeknownst to all of them, there was another priest at work. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22 through 27, listen closely. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth forever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. God said, it is enough. No more priests but Jesus. He's the last one. Through his blood, it's all finished. It's all done. There's no more need for any more lambs to be killed. Praise God. He ended that Jewish religion right then and there. And lastly, I see, I think it's lastly, maybe. I can't remember. We'll find out when we get to it, won't we? Amen. Number three, I see this in this statement that he made. There was an absolute committal. An absolute committal made. Now, we don't use that word committal a lot, but what does it mean? It means the act of entrusting. He gave everything to the Father. Now, you, if you had not heard anything up to this point, I want you to lock in and hear what I'm about to say. During his life, Jesus had put all of everything into God's hands. The first recorded words of Jesus in the Bible are found when he is in the temple after Mary and Joseph had gone about a day's journey and they discovered that he wasn't in the company with them and they turned back and they went to the temple and they found him there amongst the scribes and the priests talking and, 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 and when they found him, here's what he said. Well, in Luke 2.49, he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? 
Didn't you know? Why are y'all looking for me? Don't you know I'm supposed to be doing my father's work? This is just a little boy. His entire life was surrendered into the hands of God. His entire life. John 6, 38. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Psalm 40, verse 8. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. He put his life into God's hands. And now as he dies, he voluntarily commits himself into the hands of Almighty God. Did you know that the only way that our lives can do any good in this world as a Christian is if we have voluntarily committed ourselves into the hands of Almighty God? That's the only way you're ever going to do anything that's going to last in heaven. That's the only way you're going to build reward into heaven is if you commit yourself into the hands of Almighty God and say, Lord, I am yours. His hands must go around all that we are, all that we have, and all that we will ever be on this earth. We're not to hold out some for ourselves. We're not to be selfish and say, over here, God, you can't touch that. That's mine. You have all this other, but you can't have that. You'll never serve God like you should. He wants all of you. He paid for all of you, not part. I didn't know what God wanted with me back on February 2nd, 96. I didn't think I was worth much of anything. I really didn't. I'd made a terrible mess of my life, and I thought it was all a waste. I didn't figure I'd ever do anything that amounted to anything. But I placed myself in all that I was and all that I would ever be into his hands that night. And praise be to God, he's used me for his glory in spite of me. <clears throat> Y'all heard me use that expression before that God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. Well, there was an old preacher by the name of Joe Henry Hankins. He used to have a, a similar saying. He used to say God can hit a ball a long way with a crooked stick. You ever hear somebody hit a home? And when somebody hits a home run, they say, man, he got all of that one. Amen? Well, in order for God to hit a home run with you, he's got to have all of you. He's got to get all of you. Amen? He's got he's to he's make full contact with every bit of you. Amen? You can't hold nothing back if you're going to serve God and if you, want to, if you want this life to count. In order for it to happen, you've got to place your whole life in his hands. Think about that little boy that day when Jesus had everybody sitting down on the side of that mountain. They didn't have anything to eat. crowd was starting to get restless. Disciples were talking amongst themselves. Hey, man, we better do something. We've got to get town, get them, send them off town, get them something to eat. It's, I mean, there's going to be some babies crying in a minute, and I mean, it's going to get chaos up in here, Jesus. We've got to fix this situation. I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, hey, 300 penny worth, that'll give everybody a bite, but they ain't going to fix it. That's a lot of money. That's a year's wages for to feed this whole crowd. Just one bite. And somebody found that little boy who's carrying his sack lunch wrapped up in a, probably a burlap cloth or something and brought him to Jesus. 
His little small lunch his mama had sent with him. But when he placed it in the hands of the Lord, something miraculous took place. I mean, really, his lunch really wasn't much of nothing. <laughs> but God took it and made it something. And as soon as it was given to the Lord, the criticism started immediately. But what is that among so many? Huh? What is that? What are you going to do with that little lunch? I've heard criticism before. Hey, when I set out to serve God, when I surrendered to the Lord, when I gave my all to Him and I said, I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm going to preach His Word, I'm going to tell you something. That, that criticism started with me. I don't know who in the world he thinks he is going to do. What he, what's he going to do? Look at the kind of life he's lived up to this point. Look at what all he's done. And he's going to be a preacher now? Well, that won't last till the water gets hot. What's he think he's going to do? He's going to win the world to Jesus? What a waste. You sang so good. You ought to be singing in the honky-tonks. You ought to be singing for a living. Oh, you'll be back. That's what they said. Give it a little time. You'll cool off. Well, it's 25 years later, and I ain't cooled off yet. And I don't aim to cool off. What God gave me, gave me a burning heart for him, and I don't want to change. I don't want to back off from it. I want to get deeper. I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. There's nowhere back there for me. There is no country back there for me. I'm seeking a country. I'm seeking a, I'm seeking a city to come. I'm not looking back. Jesus turned to those disciples and he told them, he said, you take that little boy's lunch. He said, he said let me have it. And he broke it and he gave it to them told them to feed the multitude. And they didn't run out of food. They ran out of hungry people. Amen? They couldn't find nobody else to feed. Everybody like, no, I've had enough. I'm full. Couldn't eat another bite. I'm stuffed to the gear. I'm, 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 I can't eat nothing. Don't give me no more. Don't even bring that food in front of me. I'm so full. And each one of the disciples had a basket full of leftover, didn't he? Could you imagine what that boy's mama thought? When she sent him out with a little old wrapped up thing with five loaves, I mean, yeah, with, with, with five fishes, two loaves, how much was it? Two loaves and five loaves and two fishes. Whatever was it backward? I got it backward. Yeah. But here he comes wagging 12 baskets full. I mean, he can eat a while on that. Amen. If we'd only give Jesus our all. If we'd only commit our all to him and put our all into his hands, if we would give him our voice, if we would give him our time, if we would give him our talents and our abilities, God could use us in abundance with blessings overflowing if we just place ourselves into his hands. God took a little shoe salesman one time, couldn't talk very good, took him and used him to do tremendous things. He wasn't no refined speaker. Matter of fact, he was so crude that no denomination in America even wanted him. Yet he impacted two continents for God. His name was D.L. Moody. God took a little orphan boy, 
who could run real fast and became a fantastic base stealer for the Chicago White, uh, White Sox, and he became a pretty good drunkard, too, while he was at it. Down at the Pacific Garden Missions one night, he knelt before the cross, and he received Jesus as his Savior, and he walked away from professional baseball, and he became the evangelist we know as Billy Sunday. He wasn't much of anything to start with, but he put his all into the hands of Almighty God. God called a stuttering Moses to go and set his people free. I mean, he couldn't even talk. God said, he said, said Rod, I've given you. He said, throw that rod down before them. Of course, y'all know he did. And when he did, it turned into a serpent. And, and God said, now take that serpent by the tail. Y'all know you don't grab a snake by the tail, right? You grab it right behind the head. <laughs> Somebody said, Moses, he, he, he couldn't talk very good. And said, right then, he probably couldn't, couldn't hear very good either. He didn't want to pick a snake up. Amen. I, I'd have had a hearing problem all of a sudden, but, but praise God, he didn't. Amen. He, 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 he did what God commanded him. He put his all into God's hands. God called a little shepherd boy to take a slingshot and go down the valley where an army was afraid to go and kill a warrior giant from the Philistine army. God called a coward named Gideon who was afraid to thresh wheat out in the open. He was doing it hiding behind the wine press. And he sent him down into the valley to, sue, to, to get rid of the Midianite army who was like grasshoppers, like an invasion of locusts down in the valley below. See, the devil wants to convince you you can't do anything. And I know that because he tells me that quite often. He tells me I'm powerless quite often. Tells me I won't accomplish much of anything quite often. But you know what? He's a liar. Surrender your all to God. Try. Just give it a try. Say, Lord, I'm going to give you my all. I'm not holding anything back anymore. I want to see what you can do with this life. The question is not what are you. The question is who has you. Because God can do tremendous things with you. Christ committed his all into God's hands. And we should put our everything into God's hands. I gave my life for thee. My precious blood I shed. That I might ransom, thou might ransom thee and quicken from the dead. I gave, I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given for me? What have you given to him? Can you answer that question? Not out loud, but can you answer that question in your heart? What have you given God? I'm not saying you haven't, but I'm asking you to ask yourself, what have I given to God? And what am I holding back from God? And why am I holding that back from God? Do I not trust him with everything? Has he not been good with everything in my life? Has God not taken care of me? Everything that I've yielded to him, has he not used for his glory? Has he not used me in some way when I've yielded myself to him? Why not give him my all? And I ask you that this morning. Why not give him your all? Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Let's stand together. I have sister come and play. I'm going to do number 382.
softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. 